go. Do you know who William Levitt was? Most people don't. He was responsible for creating Levittown, one of the first big-scale housing developments in Long Island. His father, Abe, a self-made entrepreneur, had provided the seed money, while his brother Alfred, an amateur architect, provided the designs for the homes while William, a Barnum-esque promoter and marketing whiz, built the business and sold the dream. William Levitt, William Levitt was an icon and a titan on the scale of Henry Ford and Walt Disney. Time Magazine put him on the cover and ordained Levittown as much an achievement of its cultural moment as Venice or Jerusalem. After building the homes in Long Island, Levitt moved on to other areas in the north, including Pennsylvania. His vision was to create several housing projects across the country for residents that were trying to flee the expensive, polluted, and crowded cities. But there was a problem a deep-rooted problem within the Levittown community. This is the story behind Suburbicon, and we are Cinescape Magazine. William Levitt was a bigot. He didn't let blacks buy and move into his homes that he built. He was taken to court and ordered to integrate, but instead of doing that, he sold his properties. One of the families that had purchased and moved into Levittown, Pennsylvania, was the Myers family. They bought their house in 1957, located at 43 Deep Green Lane, and it set off a racial conflict that lasted months. A seemingly safe neighborhood is upended when whites started rioting against the Myers. All of this happened 60 years ago. The difference is that Suburbicon doesn't tell the story of Linda Myers' family. A family that was besieged by white people, day and night, yelled at, treated like they were less than human. The people of Levittown blared music and were banging on things all night long. Rocks thrown at the house, one through their window, and an eight-foot cross was placed on their lawn and set on fire. The police were called, but that didn't help, but the Myers never gave in. They stayed in that house for four years, despite the continued abuse, until they left Levittown for Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Suburbicon touches on this subject briefly. It's two stories that parallel each other. One where all of the problems are external, the other where all of the problems are internal. A tale of a black family and a white family living in some rustic 50s suburbia where life is supposed to be simple. Manicured lawns, baseball, and apple pie. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is Mr. Mike. Sutherland. How you doing? I'm good. Okay. All right. Uh, obviously, this week we are talking about Suburbicon, um, that fine motion picture uh, co-written by the Coens and uh, George Clooney and Grant Heslov. Um, this film is, to me, and I, I know you're going to have a differing opinion, to me this film is a disappointment um, in the realm of, of Hail Caesar from last year. And I, I bring up Hell Caesar on purpose because for two reasons. For one, the trailer was better than the film itself. And also the other thing is the Coens are involved. Um, and when the Coens are involved with anything, expectations get high. Because almost everything they touch is gold in one way or another. But, of course, I was hesitant because you have George Clooney and Grant Heslov who... They might be great friends. And I mean, they are great friends in, 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 you know, in the real world and all this stuff, and they like to work together. But a lot of their movies, I just don't give a sh- I just don't care for. You know, I didn't care for The Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, I didn't, we, we both didn't care for Monuments, man. It wasn't done right. Right. Um, 
even though it had its moments. Each one of these films, and look, these movies don't ever suck. The, 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 the Clooney and Heslov collaboration does not ever suck. It always shows promise. It always shows potential, and there's moments of genius and or you know and, and and good comedy and and good writing, but it never fully as a full package. It never fucking works, man. And it's just like a series of scenes just slapped together. Yeah, and it bugs me because in this movie, you can feel the Cohen brothers in this movie. The Cohen brothers are fucking, they're drenched all over this film in one way or another. You can feel it. Especially in the way it looks, you know, Clooney did a really good job of production design on this movie, making it look like the '50s and and you know the, the the coloring and the and you know just the style of it, really cool, you know, and and, and the the way the camera moves with the characters and the in you know, all the scenes, it's very very Cohen esque. And can I use that word Cohen esque? <laughs> no, you're not allowed to. <laughs> so it's it, copyrighted. So so yeah. Anyway, it, it's. You know, there's 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 elements there, man, that are really good. And there was something you brought up after we saw the movie that you thought this movie was a lot smarter than people are giving it credit for. Oh, it absolutely is, and I'll get into it. You want me to get into it right now? Well, in just a second, I'm like almost there. Um, and so because you of what you said, I decided to think a little deeper into the movie myself. And and you had a point. You really did have a point. The problem with, for me, someone like me, is this though: when 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 there is actually intelligent really good script writing that goes into making a movie. Ah, I didn't say it was really good script writing. Okay. Well, I just said it was a genius. All right. I said it was genius the way they did the movie. When there's when there's something upper level about about a film that it has the potential to be really good and you know that it could have been way better, mm-hmm. it, it makes me almost hate it even more that it didn't get to that point. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I want to give it praise, but yet all these other things that are holding it back keep me just keep me in the realm of disappointment okay and so that's my problem so go ahead do your thing all right so i texted this to you after after thinking about it i mean it just kind of hit me and that's normally the way it happens when we talk is Uh like a couple days later i'll send you a message or whatever and the message will will generally say it's about the movie or whatever Mm -hmm. about this is you know this this movie either sucks or yeah or whatever and i'll go into my old my fucking detail process yeah so this is what I sent Joe. It's it's a tale of two stories, which we already established. Uh, it's one's about Damon and his piece of shit family, and he plans to murder his wife to marry her sister. Okay, he he had planned this ahead of time. So initially, he wanted her to die in a car accident, but she just gets injured. Is that what it was? Yes, I missed that. Yeah, it was it was an entirely planned thing because he mentions it. Now um, I can't remember Julianne. Julianne Moore plays two characters. He she plays. Matt Damon's she plays wife, Rose and Margaret Rose and Margaret yeah. yeah and and Margaret which is Rose's sister yeah and apparently Rose is just a bitch right <laughs> yeah. or he doesn't like her but he fell in love with Margaret or he's always loved Margaret doesn't matter but there was a scene where they were talking about the car accident apart from everybody else yeah and and how it was just kind of slipped in there like you know she should have died in the car accident right yeah well, okay. So the other part of the story is this black family. They're peaceful. They're nice. Yeah. They're accommodating, and they're not causing any trouble. They're perfect for suburbicon. Yes, they are perfect for this, this whitewashed suburbia, right? But not until the mailman gets offended. Yes. So <laughs> if you watch how the movie plays, as things get progressively worse for Damon's family, the same thing happens 
to the Black family. Yeah. Now, when when it's established, Matt Damon's family lives behind the Black family. The Mayor's family. That's what they were called in the movie. The Black family was Mayor's. Yeah, Mayor's or Myers or yeah. it's it's the same. When we when we did the um, the the opening, the prologue. Yeah, it, it's based off of. The, the Black family is literally based off of... The Myers family. The Levittown community in Pennsylvania where the riots happened. Huh. That's what this story is about. But this, the other part of the story is Matt Damon's character. Yeah. Okay, so um, as, as, as it progresses through the movie and things are getting worse for Damon's family, which is all internal, it's getting worse for the Black family, the Myers, or Mayers, I call them the Myers, Yeah. as it's all externalized. Right. Yeah. The worse it, the worse it gets, the louder the the riots get. The and then it explodes. Yeah, it's like exploding from from for for the for the gardeners, or I'm sorry. The, yeah. That's his first name is Gard Lodge. Yeah. The for the Lodge family, it's it starts inside and goes outside. Right. It, but and if you watch, yeah. everything is when they when they begin the movie, uh-huh. everything is open, all the windows, all those curtains, yeah. and then as the movie progresses, it all closes up, right? Yeah, you mentioned that, so that now I started paying attention to it when I thought about the movie. Yeah. Okay, so uh, as things get progressively worse for Damon's family, the same happens to the black family until the riots happen and all the adults in Damon's house die. Spoiler alert. Then you have the visuals. All of Damon's family's stuff, all the stuff that's happening to them internally, all of it inside of a house, his job, the police department... Well, everything that happens to the black family takes place predominantly outside. So everything that's happening to Damon is happening predominantly inside mm-hmm. the the police lineup, the the abduction and and of of the family. Yeah, everything that happens in the office. And by the end of the movie, it's exploded outside. Right, but not Damon's not Damon's family. I mean, by the end. I know, but not Damon's family. We're talking about Damon's family. Matt Damon's family. We're not talking about the other family. Well, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I, I said that. When he chases Oscar Isaac outside. Oh, you were right. Yeah. And then he has to take his car and then he gets chased by the. But that guy. also parallels everything else that's going on with the black family when they get attacked in, by and, and things are thrown at their house yeah. and everything is happening and windows are being broken. Uh-huh. So when they're in their house, all the stuff that's happening outside with Damon yeah. is going on at the same time. Yeah. So it's. It's completely opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's like a... Uh, a ring theory. Yeah. And then you have the whole crime thing. The black family has done nothing, uh, yet all the rage and tension is focused on them as if they are the bad guys. Um, while just beyond them, Damon has committed murder, fraud, and has always wanted to be with his wife's sister. So the black family has done nothing wrong. They're accused of being black, while the real crime is happening just 100 feet outside of out, uh, out of sight. Yeah. Also, at the beginning of the movie, Damon's family is open, nice and inviting, Outside open curtain windows, as the movie continues, slowly their lives become internalized. The shades start to slowly close. By the end of the movie, the curtains are shut. Please leave those shut. Yep. The kid locks himself in his room. Damon keeps to himself, wants to ship his kid off to military school. Every conversation is behind closed doors or just out of sight. The movie is fucking brilliant, the way that it's layered. Mm. Execution-wise, not so much. Yeah, that's that's my problem. It's... I, I got bored at times, you know, like I kept waiting for the movie. Like here's the big, my, I think my biggest problem is the third act is so good that it makes the first and second act fucking drag along. It feels like it's dragging along the whole, almost the whole time. Yeah. There were, there were moments in the first and second act, like the two bad guys. Yeah. There wasn't. And, and again, 
And those uh, were those were definitely Cohen esque. Yeah, I'm I'm not one to talk about characterization or building character. Yeah, but those two guys needed we needed a little bit more. Yeah. answers on. Yeah, those missed opportunities with them. You know, because like the cop is bringing up mafia guys, right? But then someone else brings up that he's alone. The guy's a loan shark, right? It's like, is he a loan shark? Is he mafia? Is he both? What the fuck is he? I- yeah. Well, he's he's a loan shark, but he he works for the mafia. Oh, I think that there was a lot of shit cut out of this movie, and my I, I haven't read the trivia yet, but my the reason why is this: if you want, if you read my review that I posted today. Um, I put a picture there of where um, Mrs. Myers is wa- doing the laundry, uh-huh. and there's all those white dudes that are hanging over the fence harassing her, right? Right. That wasn't in the fucking movie. Yeah, it was. I don't remember them fucking with her when she was hanging up the laundry. Yep. Was it? That's why you got were able to get the picture. Well, I, it could have been from a deleted... I don't fucking know. No, it was there. Okay. I, I, don't, I just didn't recall that at all. Yep. I mean, I recall plenty of moments where they were fucking with her. I mean, you know, like at the, at the grocery store... Yeah, that was when the kids were kind of like in that basement thing. Yeah, and and the and the black kid explains to the white kid, um, they do this all day long, and then then he's talking about the guy that's banging the drum. Yeah, and he's gonna do that for like four or eight hours, and then somebody's gonna and then he's gonna put it down, and someone's gonna come and replace him. Yeah. So it was at that moment. Yeah, the it, the, the 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 racial sl- subplot was it bugged me because there were elements of it that were really good. And they get your attention. You know, them building the fence around their property. Right. When everyone else's yards are open to each other, right? Right. That, you know, um, when she was at the grocery store, that scene was fucked up. That I mean, you know, even Julianne Moore's character showed her character. Right. You know, and... Well, well she didn't want to lose her job. Yeah, but th- I could tell there was still... There was like a look <laughs> in her face, too, though, like... She didn't really give a shit. Right. That was the she vibe. wasn't going to stand up. Yeah, and... Yeah. Not for this person. Yeah. And so, um, but then there were just other moments where, it, it, like, there, there, should, there was missed opportunities with the Myers family, I think. And, you know, the, for one thing, the father, the father is barely shown. He's barely mentioned. He barely says anything. It, it usually keeps just showing the son here, the, the wife there. Um, yeah, they didn't do a real good job of splitting it evenly down the middle between them. Yeah. And it was it was mostly a movie about Matt Damon and what was going on with yeah. him. Yeah. And then also that that's another thing. It was wasted opportunities with with Damon, with with Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore's character is very her as Aunt Marg, Mar- Margaret, is very um, very odd, very off. I mean, I, I understand it's a dark comedy, but it's it, it's like it's almost like where's the appeal? Like what? It, what? It, you know the way? What do you mean? Matt Damon's character's motivations of wanting to be with her when there's nothing special about her. You know what I mean? She just seems like a cold, a cold-hearted bitch, you know. Like, you know, cause remember the part where she yells at the boy when he argues with her, uh-huh. and things like that, and and just things like that. It's just, I, I don't know. Her character felt like a complete waste to me. Um, Damon, for most of the movie, felt like a waste to me too, you know, uh, until the end. The, until the end, when he has to interact with all these people that are fucking with him, and then and then the last scene with him when he's at the table eating right. the sandwich, right? That I mean. And, and that, that that's what I mean about the third act. The third act is like fucking, it's uh, climactic. It's really good. That I mean that. It, it, look, if 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 someone had asked me to guess, if if the if the Coen brothers had written um, the first, second, or third act of the film, my guess would have had to have been the third act because of how well it plays out for the most part, right? But uh, you know, it, it, the rest of the movie, it's a toss up. It's here and there. It's here and there. It's here and there. You know, it's it's difficult to. 
to fully enjoy the movie because of all of its problems. That's what bugged me. Okay. So I'm well, gl- what, like what problems? Like explain it. Good, bad, or ugly. Um, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> the good. Um, I think that the movie is too smart. Like for what, like what you were saying. I think the movie is too smart. Um, for its own good, and it's and it's in the execution of 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 how of what the story is. Um, the there there's missed opportunities. It seems like with every character. Uh, what else? Um. All right, but you're not talking about the good. What's the oh. good? Oh, the good. Shit. Um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I, Oscar Isaac was in two scenes of the film. Especially when he drank the lie. Yeah. Oscar Isaac is it was a fun character. We, Me and you are also, you know, slowly becoming fans of his after seeing him in X Machina and in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, and a couple other things. I mean, you he's, know, he's in a... He's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah, and I mean, look, even when we saw him in in X Men um, Apocalypse, when he played fucking Apocalypse, we didn't have a problem with fucking Oscar Isaac playing Apocalypse. We had a problem with the makeup and and the way the character was directed. Right. Um, Oscar Isaac is fucking good, man, and he's getting he's he's on my radar as a as a favorite actor. Yeah, as long as he's not a child toucher. <laughs> yeah. God damn, it's fine. More and more, of these fuckers are, are are got some kind of freaky oh. pass. Oh yeah, he also. Um, he he did. Um, Oscar Isaac was in the comedy film, dramatic comedy film, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Have you seen that? <clears throat> I still have not seen that yet, and that's a Coen Brothers movie, written and directed by the Coen Brothers, about a talented yet unsuccessful folk singer. Now, here's a story, a little story behind that. He had X amount of time to get ready for it. He had to learn how to play guitar and sing. Mm. So when they were doing rehearsals and stuff like that, yeah, and he'd get up on stage and start doing it, it was like he'd always been doing it. Okay. Not like he just picked it up three weeks ago. Yeah. So when he is he's he's actually doing this, he and the band and um the oh god what was um right now I can't remember the name of the guy that that produced the music for the film mm-hmm. but he's a huge huge music guy huge industry guy yeah and is it T Bone yeah T Bone Walker okay T Bone Watkins or or something yeah. yeah so when Burnett thank you T Bone Burnett. And, um, yeah, cause he was on, cause I was listening to this whole story on uh volume yeah. on Sirius XM and he was talking about how Oscar Isaac was so good at this. And then when they were, as they were filming and whatnot, when they run through the practice scenes, they'd film the practice scenes just in case. Yeah. And he nailed it every single time. Not one mistake, always just right on the money. And then they took it live. Oscar Isaac went on tour for Inside Llewellyn Davis for like a couple of years, and he still does these one-off tour things when he can. Uh-huh. It's amazing. They built a band around it. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he's... He's he's method, dude. Sounds he's straight a good up. A, he's a good actor. He has been in uh, All About the Benjamins, Lenny the Wonder Dog. He played Detective Fartman. <laughs> I already love him for just playing a character called Detective Fartman. <laughs> Um, Body of Lies. He was in Che. He was in Sucker Punch. Oh, yeah. He was the asshole guy who ran the whole place. Yep. The Born Legacy. Drive. What was he in fucking Drive? Let me see. Oh, he matter. was the asshole boyfriend. He was the asshole boyfriend that started all the problem. Yeah, okay. Inside the Will of Davis. Yeah. All right. Uh, the most violent year. Then he really got noticed in Ex Machina. And they, fuck, he fucking should have gotten an award for that. Oh, it was really good. Um, X-Men Apocalypse. Suburbicon, 
He's in Annihilation that's coming up with uh, Natalie Portman. You know, that, that alien, that plant, killer plant alien movie. Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that, but... It looks like it's got a cool style to it. Yeah. So hopefully it's... And then he's done a bunch of theater. Theater. Yeah. So hats off to that guy, man. He is so good. Yeah. But... Uh, oh, yeah. He is. He He's so good in this movie that it's like, fuck, dude. The rest of the movie should have just had him in <laughs> instead. Yeah, that would have been great. If he would, I mean, it, like, like, what if he was that insurance guy that just keeps on coming by and harassing them? It, yeah, you know? or if he was the insurance guy that was also the mafia guy, mm-hmm. you know? Because well, the trailers, like, if you remember my POS that I wrote right. for it, because the trailers make it look like he's the mob boss. Well, the trailers make it look like it's just about Matt Damon and his family going through this bullshit. Yeah, Matt Damon's the hero, like finally standing up for himself, right? Right, and yeah, you know, like um, like the Michael Douglas movie, yeah, falling down. Yeah, yeah, but it's the exact opposite because it, it the the trailers don't give away shit. They don't, but they also are very misleading, you know. And then if you look at if you look at um. The Suburbicon <coughs> plot. Yeah, see, awkwardly jammed together. If if you look at the plot on IMDb, this is what's listed. This is, and it bugged me. Oh, oh, uh, stupid me. Uh, and how can anybody take Rotten Tomatoes seriously when they're owned by Comcast, NBC Universal? Because we're told to. We're, we're told to take them seriously. Oh, look at that. Ooh, damn, that's fucking cool. I think it's just because I'm logged into Google Plus. A home invasion rattled a quiet family town, which is nothing (laughs) about what the plot is, really. No, because the home invasion was set up. So. So. Yeah, Landon Gordon. No, that's not him. Um, The main kid? Yeah. Yeah, his name is Noah Jupe. Yeah, Noah Jupe. Um, Amazing. He was amazing. Yeah, you know what? His character straight up reminded me and what he was going through. I, when we were watching the film, I kept thinking of the movie Parents with Randy Quaid. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen that? Nope. The, Does it surprise you? It's it, it's a cult it's a cult um dark comedy. I know I've um, heard about it. It is uh oh yeah it fucking that movie has this vibe because his parents are fucking cannibals, um because it's set also set in the fifties that it, I mean this is straight up this is this is parents without the cannibalism that's what this movie is insert and when you're when you're dealing with the um, Noah Jupe's character. Straight up, when you're you're looking at the movie through his eyes, right? So yeah, and look, I mean, dude, it, it, I looked at IMDb and like some a lot of times when you see like high critic reviews, you'll see low user reviews or vice versa. But this time, fucking critics and and users both fucking hate this movie. Yeah, well, I'm reading one right now. It's um, basically I'll get to the point. Why is it so bad? It is slow, not funny or satirical, but sad and predictable with dialogue straight out of a Marvel comic book and character development to match. And we've, we've mentioned that. There's the bad character development. I don't... Dialogue, you know, whatever. Sad and predictable? I don't know if it's predictable. It's kind of predictable. Um, walking out of the theater, the comments were far more interesting than the movie. My favorite, a simple loud boo when the credits started to roll. Clearly the worst effort the Coen brothers have hatched. Is it? Is it really? No, Crime Wave. <laughs> what about Hail Caesar? Hail, look, look. This is not a shitty movie, so I, I'm not on the same lines as the critics are with this. Um, I think the movie's worth seeing. I don't think it's worth probably paying money to go to the theater to see it, but it's worth watching on TV. Um, 
but it's not this fucking 25% Rotten Tomatoes approval rating that it's getting right now. Yeah. The, in my mind, this movie is like a, a fucking between a five and a six. You know, I give this movie a five and a half out of ten. You know, it's better than average, mm-hmm. a little teeny bit better than average. IMDb does does a ten rating as well, and I'm seeing this one as a four. Uh, overall, Suburbicon is a film that will probably leave your mind as quickly as it came. It's forgettable. It's frustrating. Um and we'll be left with the thoughts of what could have been with the level of talent and star power. Suburbicon has no business being as dull and ragged as it is, especially because in a technical sense, the film is great. See? I said, I almost said the same fucking thing. Uh, full of unresolved conflicts and senseless scenarios. Um, none of the conflicts were left unresolved, so I disagree with that. But it drags along with no payoff on any level. No, that's not true. It, it, there's, a, there's a payoff. The ending has a payoff. There's a giant payoff at the end. Yeah. Two payoffs. Yeah. One of the main issues throughout this movie was never hinted at in previews, as I saw, and that's my, my my issue as well. Had I known this topic would be so pervasive, I had never co- even considered seeing this movie. Why? Because it's about black people? If you notice that in the trailers, they, when they showed all that rioting, they never indicated that it was about racism at all. Yeah, and this one was the... Uh, I wonder if they did that on purpose, just so, like, what if people are afraid to go to racially tense movies? This movie is some kind of horrible ode to social justice warrior wannabes everywhere. It's full of ridiculous race baiting and made very little sense. It even had a scene with a Confederate flag in it. Facepalm. I'm surprised it didn't cameo members of Antifa. This film was a to- was total tripe. Avoid it at all costs. And if you had done any research, what what like I did, uh-huh. the real reason behind Suburbicon. Few people know the real life story behind the upcoming George Clooney helmed Suburbicon film better than Linda Myers. After all, it was her parents, William, played by Leith M. Burke, and Daisy, uh, Karima, yeah, Westbrook. Karima Westbrook, who moved into the home at 43 Deep Green, Deep Green Lane in Leviton, uh, Pennsylvania, in August of 57, setting off a violent racial conflict that lasted months. The parallels to the real, who cares about the parallels? Yeah. The, that's, that's Hollywood reporter trying to be relevant. And then uh, what I read at the <clears> beginning. Yeah, the Myers family, who were African-American, moved into a cookie-cutter suburb populated by white people in the summer of 57. It's the true story that inspired Clooney's Suburbicon, and those in the North love to think they had nothing to do with racism. They love to wash their hands and say, actually, we, are the, we're, we were li- the liberals. We were against slavery and pro-civil rights, and the truth of the matter was much more complicated. There were a lot of problems, particularly in places like Levittown. And let me tell you, first and foremost, being from Massachusetts... Massachusetts is one of the most racist cities on the planet. No. Or Boston, because Massachusetts is a fucking, <laughs> is a state. Yeah. But Boston is one of the most racist fucking state cities. And if you don't believe that, go there. You'll find out firsthand. Oh. The movie, and, and it's just like any other, any other city in America. You're going to have your quota of racist, you know? Yeah. The movie interweaves two tales. What's been so demoralizing is that I don't think anyone thought George was present in what we were shooting. We all felt like we were talking about things that had happened in the past. But what's happened recently has been absolutely shocking. Whatever. Some fucking anti-Trump bullshit. Uh, Levittown was a planned community of 17,000 almost identical homes designed to be the perfect suburbs for residents fleeing the expensive crowd of cities, which we've already talked about. Um... The original best known Levittown was on Long Island. There, there were several communities. So it was like the it was like the first gated community, but without the gates. Right, the first racist community. Yeah. Um, to create a haven where white people could live without the presence of minorities, especially African Americans. 
Uh, the reality was William Levitt was a bigot, which we already said that. Levitt wouldn't let blacks move into his homes and was taken to court in order to integrate, and rather than integrate, he sold his property. Um, there is a book called Levittown, Two Families, One Tycoon, and the Fight for Civil Rights in America's Legendary Suburb. The family consisted consisted of William and Alfred and their father, Abe, who gave the seed money. I already talked about that. My father was an electrical engineer. My mother was an... Oh, this is a... Uh, Levitt's cultural moment notably excluded blacks until Myers moved in on that August day after another Jewish family sold them the home at 43 Deep Grain Lane. My father was an electrical engineer. My mother was an educator. She was a guidance counselor, a teacher, and then went on to be principal, and they met at Hampton Institute when they were both students. They were both very intelligent, compassionate, and always cared about people. They were well-liked and respected. I'm gonna, I want to preface this. Not everybody in the community disliked them. There's a lot of people that helped them, okay? But... There was, but, but the bad outweigh the good. Yeah, but no one talks about the people helping. Yeah, no one's talk about the people burning. Myers had no dreams of becoming leaders in civil rights, and no idea that Daisy would one day be called the Rosa Parks of the North. And yet, that's what happened when locals began to harass them. Uh, within days, moving in an organized campaign began to force them out. Um, my mother would relay some of the stories about how the crowds gathered outside. They were making a lot of noise and ruckus, saying nasty things, throwing cigarettes at the house, burning crosses in the yard. Uh, the demonstrations turned so ugly, the police were called in to break them up. This is interesting. One of the neighbors who supported the Myers, and there were quite a few of them, got so angry that he drove his car into the crowd, stopping just short of ramming them. Despite the pressure, the Myers refused to give in. They lasted for four years. That would have been a good scene to have in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know what? I got a question for you about this. They lasted for four years and moved to Harrisburg. Anyways. Do you think that it was a mistake turning that story, that true story, into a dark comedy. No, but what they should have done is they should have focused more on the Myers family uh-huh. than Damon's family yeah. or the Lodge family. And what would have been more interesting you, ooh, is... You were right. You're right. Yeah. Is still showing the parallels, but you show what's yeah. going on. You, you do the exact opposite. Yeah. Everything that's going on with the Myers family and then dealing with them day in and day out, just like you see with the, yeah. what we saw with, with Damon's family... And then we, we witness some shit that's going on with Damon's family. like Through the eyes of their son. Yeah. The mom dying, you know. Yeah, through the eyes of the black kid, right? The black right. son. Yeah. And now he's hanging out with their Damon's kid, right? Right. And then he sees when he's hanging out with Damon's kid this weird shit that's happening in this house. Right. Why isn't no one fucking with them? Exactly. Yeah. See, that would have worked out way better. It would have been a more powerful story. Yeah. But exactly. they they went and whitewashed it, in my in my opinion. Yeah. And this Now, see, that's the, that's the easiest. That's the true meaning of the word whitewashing. You know, if you really want to get into it, they use this movie to, to not, I'm not going to say they use this movie to promote whatever, yeah. but they did that. They did the exact opposite of what they should have done, which is they told the story of a white family instead of the more important story of the Myers family lit, moving in and dealing with racism and, and cultural backlash and all this other shit. Yeah. Um, there were some good scenes, though. Uh, <laughs> I... um. I love the scene when the sun goes down into the basement. He turns the light on, and uh, Damon's got more bent over the ping pong table. He's slapping her ass. <laughs> with the paddle. Yeah. And then uh, what else? The, the whole ending, when um, when the uncle comes, Uncle Mitch comes to save the day. Yeah. It was like, fuck, dude. It was funny because at the beginning of the movie, he showed to be like maybe a questionable, shady-type character because right. of, of the way he is. And then by the end of the movie, he's like the only one really um, in, in Damon's circle that that's fucking actually a good person. Well, yeah. On top of that, he said, I don't like them. You know, um, you know, forgive me for saying this, but my sister's a bitch. Uh, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. 
She's a real snake in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the movie, like I said, it has, and the whole fucking sandwich scene. The sandwich scene was great. Yeah. You know, fucking Damon just slowly eating this thing and, and Drinking the milk. lecturing him. He's threatening his son, his young ass son. Like, are you going to come in with me on this blackmail shit? Or am I going to have to kill you? Or do I have to fucking kill you? You yeah. know, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Here? Yeah. You know, all the while he's getting, he's doing all this shit. Well, well, right next door, right, well, right behind them, the fucking this innocent family is being harassed and and you know, yeah, scolded. It yeah. Is, it, well, on top of that, all Damon wanted to do was fucking move to the Caribbean. Yeah, you know, <laughs> let's go to the Caribbean with the sister. Yeah, <laughs> and he lost and the sister-in-law. Sister. Yeah, so uh, you know, like I said, it, it's like it's just like Hale says. He's you know, it has it has moments that are really fucking good, and but it but when you look at the whole picture, it's just one big piece of potential that was fucking yeah it's a lost lost potential yeah so it sucks but it, it is what it is man unfortunately yeah so uh um i want to give this movie a high score because of the house yeah yeah because of the layers in it but mm-hmm. overall was i entertained and i and i don't want don't get me wrong i'm not tainted by the weinstein connection on this movie it has nothing to do with it. Hey, how are they? Um, I, I looked at all the production companies, and they're the Weinstein company's not involved. So. No, but Matt Damon is. Matt Damon is connected to Weinstein. That's okay. the connection. All right, all right. And so is George Clooney. But uh, what I'm talking about in the end is my my our reviews can't be tainted by what has happened currently, and um, this is important. Like I'm not going to go back and change my review of Baby Driver because of what's going on with Kevin Spacey right now. Correct. We're, there, there's there are things that are going to happen. Um, any Brian Singer movie that comes out, I will not go watch. Yeah, I think we're we're, we're I'm fine with that now. Um, when it comes to Kevin Spacey, that's tough. I need to hear more. Um, no, I, I just I, no. This you, is, you shouldn't have to hear more. He fucking assaulted a 14 year old. All this shit just came out. I want to hear more. He assaulted a 14-year-old. That's all that matters. And as hazy as some things can be, it's not the only one. There are multiple people that are coming out. And we'll save all this for a compelled episode. Right. So I can't I can't contribute to Kevin Spacey movies anymore. Yeah. What's what's done in the past is done in the past. If you like those movies, whatever. It doesn't that that can't it's not gonna change it's anything. It's before you knew, kind of thing. You know. But we've always known about Brian Singer. Well, I we've always known about Brett Ratner. And a couple of other people. But I don't see Brett Ratner movies anyway, so <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. In fact, I couldn't tell you the last Brett Ratner movie I've seen. Uh, there's Hercules with The Rock. Nope. Um, X-Men The Last Stand. That was 2006. Um, 2007, he did Rush Hour 3. Nope. Uh, Prison Break. He's a producer on that, yeah. The Revenant. He was a producer on that, unfortunately. Um... So here are all the movies that are coming out, or or have come out. Uh, the, the Black Spot won't go see it. In the Company of Lies won't go see it. Paris Girl, Call Girl won't go see it. Shanghai I Love You won't go see it. The Goldfinch won't go see it. Um, Boston College Project won't go see it. The General Man won't go see it. Won't go see Lin, Lego Ninjago movie because he's the executive movie. He's the executive producer. Prison Break. I don't watch it anyways. American Masters. I don't watch it. Rules don't apply. True Crime. Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon. Before the Flood. Any of the Rush Hour TV series. War Dogs. Bright Lights. The JT Leroy story. Independent Lens. Although we have seen The Revenant. And we saw War Dogs. And we saw War Dogs. Um, 
look, we're paying more attention to this shit now. Black Mass. We're paying more attention to this shit now. Horrible Bosses too. <laughs> I know, I know. Fuck, so. he, he produced Electric Boogaloo. Dude, do you know who helped Brett Ratner get started in the business? Brian Singer. Spielberg. So... I, I'm um, not saying Spielberg's guilty of this. I'm just saying that. Th- no, you would have heard something by now. That's why Ratner is so fucking big is because he was backed by Spielberg from the beginning, and so he's got this fucking pull that he's he's you know he's had for, all, for well for two decades now. So yeah, so it doesn't matter. Um, Brett Ratner said something very interesting about him walking away from 20th Century Fox, and I want to just bring this up. Ratner on a non-compelled show, huh? <laughs> Is that what you call a variable? Yes. I mean, because we kind of led into it with the Matt Damon, the Weinstein, the Brian Singer, da 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 da. Okay, Warner Brothers cuts ties with Brett Ratner. I, I and uh, not not 20th Century Fox, but what what did he say? He said something along the lines of, um, "What did he say?" Oh, it doesn't. Uh, rumor. Uh, Ratner said Wednesday he doesn't want to. Ha- he doesn't want to have any possible negative impact to the studio until until. His personal issues are resolved. So is he going to take back what he did to so, Olivia no, Munn? Let's, let's break this down. Okay. Ratner said Wednesday that he doesn't want to have any possible negative impact to the studio until what he called personal issues were resolved. So does that payoffs? You're not hearing me. <laughs> he doesn't want to have any negative impact on the studio until personal issues are resolved? Yeah, yeah so he's going to take some time off, pay off a bunch of people. <sighs> So he wants to have a negative impact when he gets back. Well, that's his fucking delusion. Okay, you're not li- you're not reading the fucking statement. All right, you tell me the statement. He doesn't want to have any possible negative impact to the studio until he comes back. Okay, so it's just bad wording. He qu- he's quoted as saying that. That that statement right there that ABC News wrote, they just took the quotes out. He qu- he's quoted as saying that because there was a variety article that I said I'm just going to leave this right here. Uh, and, I'm, and I said at the bottom, so he's going to wait until he gets back to create negative emotions and negative impact on, on the studio? I think that's bad wording. I, I he's a fucking moron. Okay, and that's fine. He could be a moron. He could be a piece of shit. That's fine. I I just mean I think that's bad wording, though. Because I, I don't think he's, you know. I, he's I, an idiot, Joe. And, <laughs> and and if his PR person wrote that, then his PR person is an idiot. He's done. <laughs> He, among actresses who have accused Ratner of harassment is, is actress Olivia Munn. We'll, we'll get into that with the compelled shit. But I just wanted to point that yeah. out, yeah. that he doesn't want to have any impact on the studio negatively until he gets back. <laughs> I think that's just bad. Yeah, that's bad wording. <clears throat> that's not bad wording. He said that. He's trying to make himself sound humble. What The gist of it that I get from that is... Oh, uh, I care about the studio. I don't want them to be affected while I'm going through what I'm going through. Until I so, get back. So I'll deal with that as I'm gone, and then when I get back, everything should be fine. No. I'll come back when everything's fine. Then, But he didn't say that. I know. I, and I, and that's, I mean, funny. he didn't even extend the sentence. He just said he doesn't want any possible negative impact to the studio until personal is- issues are resolved. He said that. He okay. said, until, the, until my issues are resolved. Look, you're done. You're done. You can't fucking resolve these personal issues you you can't harvey want try to harvey weinstein this bullshit and go to sex rehab in europe i'm sorry i'm i know i'm loud in in your in your headphones mm-hmm. <clears throat> you 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 can't reverse the past you did this own up to it and tell them exactly what you did tell the truth tell the truth harvey weinstein can't do it 
Bloom can't do it. That's his attorney. Kevin Spacey kind of did it. Kevin Spacey can't do it. Kind of did it. No. Kinda. No, he, he 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 disguised a coming out letter as <laughs> oh, I um I'm gay, so this is acceptable. And Hollywood applauded him. Oh, hey, Kevin Spacey came out as gay. Hey, we've all done things when we were drunk. Yeah. Okay. So listen. All right, I told you, you know, I'm sorry. I had a couple too many cocktails, and then I wanted some cock and tail. Yeah, and then I wanted to bang a 14-year-old. Haven't we all been there? No. <laughs> God. All right. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Kevin Spacey. Motherfucker. A major country music publicity firm is changing his name after the president and CEO was accused of sexually assaulting an inspiring country singer. Dude, this is a fucking gold mine. Webster, Webster Public Relations said Kurt Webster is, quote-unquote, taking time away from business to focus on the egregious and untrue allegations. Well, if they're egregious and untrue, then why are you taking time away? Why is the, why is the, why is the publicity firm changing its name? Because you're a fucking liar. Austin Rice says Webster groped his genitals, kissed him, made him remove his clothes, and sexually assaulted him in 2008. The allegations come... Uh, Playboy Enterprises is shelving all his projects with Brett Ratner. Done, man. These guys are fucking done. That's why we're going to keep talking about it. So to make sure they don't get to come back and, uh, and you know. We are confident that his name will be cleared once the current media frenzy dies down and people can objectively evaluate the nature of these claims. You sexually assaulted Olivia Munn. There are multiple reports going back. When we started this fucking podcast and Brett Ratner was... Somebody made fun of Brett Ratner sitting on his throne of fucking oiled up women uh-huh. at a party hosted by Brian Singer or some shit like that. The circle, man. And, and you know, Munn said that while visiting a set of Ratners after sunset in 2004, he jerked off in front of her in a trailer, in his trailer. But that isn't the only story. Multiple women are coming out about this. Yep. So you're, 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 you're a fucking piece of shit, Martin Singer. Because you're protecting a piece of shit. Uh, okay, we gotta go. Oh, we're good. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So, uh, Mike and I both don't think that uh, Suburbicon is a piece of shit, but yeah. All right. Anyway, um, next time on a couple of Average Joe's Cinescape movie reviews. <laughs> Say it right. <laughs> next time on Cinescape movie reviews. Cinescape magazine. If you want a magazine. It. Uh, it's not if, it's Cinescape <laughs> magazine. Next up on Cinescape Magazine Movie Reviews. Thank you. Mike and I will be talking about, or discussing, if you will, the finer points and not-so-fine points of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Hopefully it's more finer points than non. All right, anyway, it's going to kick ass. We need to watch the trailer one more time before we go. No. <laughs> I already watched it three times a day. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, so for that, this, me, you, we're out. Goodbye. Good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! (laughs) Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com and please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. This is the end. This is the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.